Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers. And guys, tonight is episode nine titled Ty Floyd Fever because we have the man himself, Ty Floyd, join us to give us an update on the LSU baseball season. And maybe what's in store for us, man. Big expectation, high hopes, high dreams for those guys this year. So let's get right to it. So help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview on podcasting this week, our man, LSU baseball star, Ty Floyd. Hey, Ty, my man, how are we doing tonight? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Man, we're talking LSU baseball, dude. I'm with Ty Floyd Fever, dude. Like, I, I couldn't be better. I'm I'm stoked. And then, you know, as I was telling you right before we started this, my, my Tennessee fan uh, co-host isn't here. I ain't got to hear his shenanigans. So, we, man, we're going to get down to it. We're going to have fun. We're going to get your story. We're going to talk some LSU baseball. But we always start with some icebreakers. And, uh, man, I got to know right out the gate, you know, What's your, what's your go-to music right now? Do you got a go-to musician or band? You know, who are you listening to? I'm a big Tyler Childers fan. I'd say he's probably my go-to guy right now. He's someone I probably listen to the most. I gotcha. And, you know, I, I was curious to what your answer would be because, you know, obviously y'all's walk-up song playlist just came out. And I, and I got to know, man, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. What inspired <laughs> that? So uh, I grew up uh, living on a farm and stuff, and my granddaddy puts on rodeos every year. So I remember as as long as I can remember, there that was the first song I always heard whenever I got to the rodeo, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. So I've always been a big Wrench fan. So that was like something I was like, I might as well bring that back while, while I'm playing baseball here. So I think my, everybody might get a kick out of it. Yeah, no doubt. And and what I love about college baseball is you have such a diverse range of music and like my favorite like last year was was mississippi state like so kellum clark would come out to so bad by eminem and then right behind him would be um cumbus to john deere green and it's talking about what a transition right like we oh, went from I <laughs> so I, I always love the the, the walk-up music man you can you can get country rap rock you can get young or old new you know it's always fun uh, i'm not gonna lie. get caught up with it too i some guys, if I listen to other guys on team, other guys, their walkout songs, I'm over here bumping my head a little bit, even though they're on the other team. I'm like, all right, that's a pretty good walkout song. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of cases like that. Um, who is it? Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, for your team, they, uh, they're one of the ones that picked it. Somebody on your team picked uh, Desperado by Rihanna. Tommy. And, Tommy. Yeah, it was Tommy. Yeah. And uh, anyway, last year, either Kevin Graham or – Justin Bench for Ole Miss came out to that. And uh, I went to a lot of their games because uh, I'm just down the road from Oxford. Anyway, when that song would come on, like I, exactly like you said, I started doing a little head bop, And I wasn't even a fan of them, but I was like, all right, man, like hit a home run right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that song. That song will get you going if you let it, especially in Alex Box. It sounds pretty good on those speakers. Man, I, can't, I cannot wait to be in Alex Box, but we'll get there soon enough. So, 
Oh man, usually when we talk to baseball guys, they all got a favorite baseball movie. You got one? I would say, I mean, of course, everybody, I feel like Sandlot's a pretty typical one, but I've, I'm a big fan of The Natural. That was a movie I remember watching a little bit when I was younger and stuff. So that was one of the good ones I like, enjoyed watching when I was younger. We were just talking about, you know, the different thing. I mean, you just, you had an old and a, and a newer one, even though Sandlot isn't new, but, you know, obviously young age and Sandlot, it is, it's, you can't, you can't go wrong. We did a sports movie draft and I had the number one pick and I took the Sandlot. I, I'm all, I'm always going to roll Sandlot, but the natural man. Yeah. Classic. A lot of people haven't seen that movie, unfortunately. Oh, I know a lot. It's uh, when I tell people that's one of my favorite baseball movies, they're like, they've never seen it. So that's uh, something people should add on their movie list. Absolutely. So with that, what's the last movie you went and saw in the theater? Avatar. Or no. Pan- Pandora. I don't know why I said Avatar. It's Pandora. <laughs> Was it good? I hadn't seen it. It's really good. I sat there for three and a half hours, so uh, it better be good. <laughs> it's a long movie. If, if not, it was that time, right? Oh, my gosh. That was a long night. I, uh, next thing I know, it's 12 o'clock, and we're leaving the movie theaters. I was like, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, favorite athlete growing up? Mm, that's a good one. Big Chipper Jones fan. I grew up watching the Braves my whole life, so that was one of the guys that I kind of idolized my Watch baseball and someone, a guy that I kind of wanted to be like when I got older. So that's uh, probably the biggest fan of mine, biggest athlete at least. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I find myself, I watched him as a kid, and it's interesting. Even though I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm I'm right back there because um, I live right down the street from DeSoto Central High School, Austin Riley's home. Um, obviously, friends with him, he's been on the show. And and so now I watch Braves games again for a third baseman. So I, I feel you, and I'm I'm kind of like it's kind of like a kid again. I'm I'm watching for the for the star third baseman. Oh um, yeah. And so you said that was uh, that was your favorite team growing up. You. you oh right. yeah, that was definitely my favorite team growing up. Man, as a pitcher, you had to love. Oof. Hey, there was there was guys to like, right? Oh my gosh. Especially, I know I get. I never. I missed the glad. I, mean, I wasn't old enough for Glad and Maddox. But I know. But usually, most guys will go back and watch and watch uh, the old oh, games, and they come on. I watched them all. I mean, I loved watching their highlights and stuff. And I'm like, gosh, I wish I could locate like Greg Maddox could or Tom Glavin. Like, God, those guys could do something special. That's for sure. There's a reason why they won the national championship or the World Series. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Most people criticized because they didn't win enough but it really what it does is show because they were such a dominant pitching staff it just shows how hard it is to win in baseball right because even with those arms man it doesn't it's no guarantee that you're going to win a championship and so um it, it really just speaks to it and you know it's the same way on the college level i mean you know for to, to win on a consistent basis it's tough man um but before we get into uh, the, the college level stuff, man, we got to get your backstory, man. We got to we got to get uh, the Ty Floyd story. So where are you from? I am from a small town in Georgia called Rockmart. It's a uh, very probably I think there's about four to six thousand people. Smaller. It's not. It's not like some of these Louisiana towns I've witnessed and <laughs> stuff. But uh, you got a Walmart. I got a Walmart. I got I got all the stuff I need right there. But also, I can I can go ten minutes down the road, and I'm and I'm in the middle of nowhere though. So that's a perfect perfect medium for me. I gotcha. I hear you. So you know, we always like to talk family dynamics. You know, I looked it up. Obviously, you got some siblings, got some brothers. Uh, you had dad to play baseball. You know, talk to me about your family. Yeah. So my uh, my dad played baseball his whole life, and also basketball. He uh, 
he said from all the stories I've heard, I heard he's a better basketball player than he was a high a baseball player. But he decided to take the baseball route, and then uh, he ended up playing at Shorter University for I think two years. Ended up needing Tommy John. I think he ended up just quitting baseball at that time, and uh, now he works at a family bit family tractor business. So that's uh, he's the dealer. He's the head guy there, and then I got my mom. She's She's actually a vice principal at my old high school, so she was always in – I couldn't ever get away with anything when she was there. <laughs> well, I wanted I wanted to, like, give your mom a shout-out because to have a husband and three boys and then be a principal and deal with kids at school, like, she's got to be a saint, right? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how she deals with it. Sometimes – some of the st- – she's only allowed to tell me so much, but some of the stories she tells me, I'm like, God, I don't know how you get through the day. So she got to get through that day, and then she's got to come home and deal with you guys. I know. It's just like, she's like, can you just be easy on me? I'm like, yeah, we got you. We got you. We'll be nice. We'll be nice for the day. We won't, we won't act up at all. But, no, nah, she's great. She's uh, She deals with all them kids, and she comes home and comes and loves us and gets on to us when we need to get on to, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, with having brothers, man, uh, you know, obviously I don't know the age range, but, man, was it a competitive household growing up? So, I actually have an older sister. I have an older sister and a younger brother, so I only have one brother. I got an older sister. She is 25, and she is a nurse right now. And then I have a younger brother who is 17, who's a senior in high school. And he didn't play baseball very much. Uh, He played a little bit when he was younger, but he ended up taking the golf route more, and uh, that's what he kind of wanted to focus in on more. But, I mean, yeah, me and him were kind of competitive, but it was I was kind of too old to really, like, be, like, really, really competitive with him where it was just like a dogfight at whatever game we played. Now, video games, when we were younger, I'd get so mad at him because he would whoop my tail every time. Mm-hmm. i get so frustrated at him. So, so but, I got to ask because, you know, and, man, I don't know how my research got wrong. I could have swore it said you had two brothers. But with you saying you had an older sister, you know, so did I. Um, you know, growing up, we didn't get along the best. But as we got to, like, your age, you are now, like, we became, like, best friends. Like, do you have that kind of relationship? Y'all tight? Yeah, I mean, me and my sister, she actually just, she called me about two hours ago, I believe. She was calling me to check in on me and see how I was doing stuff. But that was, I was the same way. We uh, always liked hanging out with her whenever we were younger because she always had her friends over and stuff. So I always liked to hang out with them. So I was four years younger than So I was an eighth grader. She had all her senior friends over at the house at the pool party. I always wanted to be down there. Mom always told me to come. But, there, but there's the there's the flip side of that tie that me and you know. Mm-hmm. With that, though, your friends then start talking about how hot your sister and her friends are. And then all of a sudden, it's not fun anymore because you want to fight your friends because they're talking about your sister. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that's, that's the thing. I feel like uh, when I was younger, my boys used to get at me about that stuff. I'm like, gosh. I know I Unfortunately, not a lot of my friends had sisters I could get on to them about, but uh, they always got me, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So at what point do you start playing baseball? Was it was it early? Were you a late guy? How did it work out? I mean, I've, I've played baseball ever since I can remember. I remember playing – first baseball team I ever played for was a T-ball team. I believe it was Florida Marlins or something, or the Diamondbacks, one of the two. And that and it was a small field, and I played pitcher the whole time. I would – they, it was only me and my best friend. We he played first base and I played pitcher, and he was a, he's the only guy that could really catch it. Six years old, so I would chase down any ball that was hit. I go all the way to outfield and I throw the kid out of first, and I can, <laughs> kids would be sitting at shortstop, third, outfield, and everything. I just go steal the ball from him and throw it to first base and get him out. So that's the early remembrance, and I've been playing that. That's as much as I can remember, at least. I mean, I've always had a ball in my hand, no matter what kind of 
baseball or basketball usually. Well, that's where I was going to go next. Obviously, seeing you since you were a basketball player, did you you play basketball from an early age too? Oh, yeah. That was uh, literally the same amount of time as baseball. It's been a sport I've loved my whole life, and I enjoyed playing. It gave me kind of a, a break from baseball and made me, made me want to enjoy playing basketball even more. And then kind of made me, like, ready to play baseball. And whenever I got through the season, I was like, all right, it's ready to get this baseball time. Got excited for it. But I played – until my senior year, and then I uh, decided to be a PO. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you bring it up because uh, if my main host was here, one of the things that he tries to talk about because uh, he's in Florida where the weather is beautiful year-round, obviously. And obviously, you know, you don't necessarily have to be in Florida, but, you know, travel ball is something that takes place all year. So outside of when you're playing high school, you're constantly playing baseball. And he's a big advocate, even though he was a pitcher. Um, he also played football, and he liked being able to play dual sports. And we talked to so many guys who talk about – the benefits they had of dual sports. And you just said one, it gave you a break, right? And so not only does it maybe help you in different aspects of your versatility and, and how you are as an athlete, but also you just talked about like the mental stuff to give you a break because man, if you just, if you're playing baseball year round at a young age, it's a good way to get burnt out. Oh, hundred percent. I agree completely. I think that was something that, I think that's one of the reasons why I've always loved playing baseball and I've never really got burnt out of it was because I was playing another sport at other times. So it was something that, Gave my brain a break from it. So uh, all I wanted to do is shoot a basketball. And next thing I know, whenever that's over, it's like, all right, I got a baseball in my hand for the next, who knows, six months. So it's like, it was good to do. And I'm glad I did it my whole life because there's people that told me toward the end of my high school career, I need to put it down and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to do it yet because I don't want to, can't you get hurt doing anything? So might as well play something I enjoy playing. Yeah, I mean, if you got the talent in baseball, it's not going to hinder you. People say you need to put in more time. You need to put more time. If if you got it, and especially if you're playing another sport, you're you're staying in shape. You're constantly working on things. You know, we've had it. It doesn't matter what sport, whether it's like football, soccer, whatever. You're doing something. It's making you better. It's amazing how we've had baseball players who you know even played soccer talk about how it made their footwork better and things that that helped them agility wise and everything. And then football, like you know, I think just right off the top of my head, Landon Sims talked about it's what gave him that uh, you know that uh motivation that he had on the mound that you know that intimidation factor because you know he always just pictured himself like he when he's lining up at safety on defense you know i'm not scared of anything and i'm ready to take on whoever comes up so um, oh yeah it's just one of those things but you know with that obviously you talked about uh playing both in high school where'd you go to high school um it's called rockmore high school it's uh same town it's uh, simple as the town that's how small it is it's uh i mean i think i had 200 students in my class smaller class there's a you can't hide nothing from nobody right oh no i have friends that live in atlanta area and they tell me they were like yeah i have about a couple i have like a thousand or a thousand or two thousand kids in their class and i'm like He's like, I see, I meet new people. I see new faces every time I walk into class. He's like, I've been here for four years. And I've never seen these kids before. And I'm like, oh, no, I know every kid's first, last name, probably their brother, sister, mom, and dad. It's a pretty small world where I live. Yeah, like I feel like a jerk at times because uh, we had almost 700 in my class, and I'll meet people still today. And they're like, yeah, we went to high school together, and I have no clue who they were. Yeah. And it's not like I was like that guy, like, you know, I was too cool for people. Like, it's just, man, 700 people, like, you don't know everybody. You don't remember everybody. And I sure don't yeah. 20 years later. <laughs> so I'm just trying to get by. I'm trying to pass this class. <laughs> right, exactly. All my worries were trying to throw a baseball and pass this class. That's all I can think about. You, you remembered who was on your team, and you always remembered the pretty girls, right? Like, that, that, that stuck out. But uh, so you talk so you talk about the basketball, man. Obviously, I saw that you were a shooting guard, man. You got a, you got a jump shot. 
I like to think so. I like to. Uh, I believe I have a good, pretty good jump shot. I used to always, always got told I jump really high when I shoot. So I used to always try to see how high I could jump over the guy. I never. I always had the fear of getting blocked, so I always wanted to just jump higher than they did. So when I shot the ball, I never had to worry about that that problem. Nice. Did uh, do y'all uh, play pickup ball still today? Like uh, we talked a lot of, you know, some, some teams, some coaches don't let them do that. And then some do. And, and then uh, we always find out, we talk to guys, some guys suck really bad at basketball. And then there's these guys that are good and they're always the first ones picked up. Y'all ever get to play pickup basketball at, at LSU? We don't coach. Uh, coach Johnson's not a big fan of it. So he, uh, I wouldn't be myself. If I'm a, if I, I'm a coach, I don't need you getting hurt playing basketball. Yeah. Oh, I understand completely. I totally understand. It's something that would rather, not take that risk of you playing another sport that you're not have a scholarship for. So but since you you're a shooter, safe. hey, you can get out there and play horse, right? Like oh, who, who can, wants oh, to who's gonna <laughs> Oh yeah, he tells you hey, if you want to go play horse, go play horse. But I'm not, I better not catch you at U Rec playing five on five against a bunch of frat kids. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So I'm gonna read off these uh these accolades as far as baseball and then we'll, and then we'll dive into it, man. Um Number 28 ranked player in the country by perfect game. Ranked by perfect game is the number one ranked right-handed pitcher in the state of Georgia. You were voted the 2019 Class 7A Georgia Player of the Year. You earned first-team All-State honors in 2017, 18, and 19. Posted a 3-0 mark in the shortened 2020 season of COVID with uh, 19 innings, 40 strikeouts with a 0.00 ERA. Uh, recorded a 10-1 mark in 2019 with 127 strikeouts and 0.57 ERA. And lastly and finally, you earned first-team All-State honors in each of your four years in high school. So let me ask you a question, Ty. When you hear stuff like that, like, how does it make you feel like as far as, like, your accomplishments in high school? Is it just – it is what it is? Or does it – I mean, do you have pride about it? I mean, yeah, I'm definitely proud of it. I feel like there's something I – I worked really hard for, but uh, I think as I got into college and stuff, it's just something that's just in the past. And yeah, people bring it up. I'm like, I feel good about it. But now it's like, all right, I need to make some more accolades here at college. But definitely something I'm proud of and something I can definitely remember when I get older. Yeah, no doubt. And you're the you're the third guest in a row, man. Um, if we didn't have any for a long time. Um, but uh, Luke Savage from TCU and then uh, Christian Scott from Tennessee. And now you third guest in a row who their senior year of high school was taken away by COVID, man. And, um, you know, as, as much as it's a it's a tough situation, we, we just like to hear how y'all endured it because um, I just couldn't imagine as, as somebody who played football and soccer in high school, just having having my senior year taken away from me, man. Uh, how were you able to, to handle that? Yeah, I mean, it was something that was uh, kind of sparked onto us that was kind of – I remember we played – we had practice one day and, and all of a sudden, like um, – we had this little radio show we always did like on every Thursday night. That was something that like the baseball players, like the little town radio always had a couple of baseball players on there. We all as a team go down there and we eat food and listen to the guys talk on the radio. And then all of a sudden we get a, we get, there's talk about the season or school getting canceled for the rest of the year. And we didn't really know what it was. And then I get a text or getting a call. Oh, my mom calls me and tells me that school's been canceled and stuff. And, and that for the rest of the year, season's canceled. And I was like, I didn't know what was happening. And then, so when, actually what happened is like school was canceled and everything was canceled, but we actually played one last game of high school ball. We uh, we snuck one in against our uh, town rival. So, uh, that's, uh, it's always a big, big game we always had every year whenever I was in high school and stuff. We got to, I got to pitch my last game at home, luckily. It was unfortunate. I mean, it was uh, something I didn't expect. 
I think, I mean, I handled it well because I, I think I was just kind of caught off guard by it because I wasn't mm-hmm. really emotional about it. It was just something I was just like, didn't really realize what was happening at the time. I was like, people get hearing all this stuff on the news and stuff. But then when it actually came into, came into the light, it kind of just shocked me and I couldn't believe it. Can't, uh, my senior year got pulled away from me, but I mean, I'm here now, though, so that's the good thing about it. What I think I keep hearing unanimously, though, is, you know, it teaches you to not take things for granted, right? Like, because you don't know in life in general, but I mean, you know, just in, in sports, you know, you just you just never what happens. But that's a cool story that you were able to to get that last outing. Um, You know, how'd you perform? Did y'all win? Oh, yeah, we won. Uh, yeah. There you go. Went, we out on that, went out on that winning note. We went out on a winning note my high school career, so I'm glad about it, 50 beat our town rivals that's all that's a that's a good memory about the COVID thing so obviously when I was reading off the accolades talking about 2017 18 19 success and all of them so instead of like breaking down and going through all that because obviously we want to get to the LSU stuff man you know which one was your favorite season and give me a and I you know I'm asking you to think back a little bit and you go through it all but uh give me your favorite season and also give me your favorite moment yeah I mean I would say that my junior year was my uh, favorite year. Clearly, we uh, we had a really really good team, bunch of really good athletes. We had a bunch of really good baseball players, just baseball minded people and stuff. And all of them were pretty much my best friends that I grew up playing baseball with. So it's just something that means a little bit. It's a little bit easier to play the game whenever you're playing with a bunch of a bunch of your best friends where, that you grew up with. And usually you're pretty good at baseball if you're playing with all them. But uh, we had a phenomenal year. We ended up coming up a little short, but. Uh, Made it all the way to state championship game, but I would say the probably the I can remember. I remember, I think it was the final four. Uh, we ended up, I ended up pitching the set, we lost the first game, and then I ended up coming pitching the second game. It was a winner go home game, and I think I ended up I threw a no hitter with 18 strikeouts that game and stuff, set us up up for the next day to win. And then we ended up coming back that next day. Uh, we were down in the seventh inning like five to two or something. We ended up coming with in the seventh inning with two outs. We ended up walking. Next thing you know, we scored three runs. And I threw like – I think I threw 90 pitches the night before. This mm-hmm. is not allowed anymore. But I don't know. This is definitely not smart. If, you, you, you're you're doing Kevin Copps type things right oh, now. Oh, I did right? Kevin Copps. I came back the next day. They were like, all right, you got three guys to get out. Because this team, we couldn't – for some reason, we could not get them out like – it was, they were hitting all night long. And, like, I go, I'm like, all right, I'm good. I don't care what my arm says. I got three I got three hitters. That's all I need. I go in the bullpen. I'm just chunking as hard as I can. I throw some – throw a little bit of a – take a little big old shot of some Coke and then uh, Coca-Cola, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I get all the bout and stuff. And I don't even worry about my arm. I'm just like, all right, I got three strikes. I end up getting all three guys out. I mean, it was pretty big because that's never been happening in a little small town because, I mean – for a small town, we had, I mean, I'd say we probably had a close to, I don't know, we might have had a 1,000 people there. It was crazy. There was everybody in town seemed like they were there that day. That's cool. And I'm glad you cleared that up. You know, we might have some kids listening. They're like, oh, well, you know, well now we know how Todd Floyd's having success. He's <laughs> I was on like, drugs. I was like, oh, that's like, that's going to be a little bit. I need to say Coca-Cola. <laughs> so, so you said it so smoothly, like, you know, wasn't a big deal, man. But you say a, a no-hitter with 18 strikeouts. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I watched uh, Hunter Elliott and Brady Tiger go head-to-head, um, you know, from Arkansas and Ole Miss um, in high school. And Brady had a 15-strikeout no-hitter uh, game in that game. And I thought that was awesome. You're sitting there telling me you do a no-no with 18 strikeouts. That's a uh, man. I mean, 
What's man? What's the adrenaline like when you got that kind of? I'm a, I'm gonna use the words of your teammate Paul Skeens. He says he when he's in the zone like that, he calls it flow. What's it like when you're in that kind of that flow? Oh, it's easy. It's just like everything's working for you. You got you're on top of the mountain and you're feeling really good about yourself and knowing that no matter who steps in the box that you got them and stuff. And that's that was the that's the way I felt because I mean, if I remember, I had 12 straight before they hit the ball in the play. So like I was I was rolling. I was felt so good about it. That was uh, Paul calls it flow. <laughs> That's funny. He calls it flow. Me and him throw all the time in the mornings and stuff. It's funny that he called it that. But I, I, I you, Paul's a, Paul's a different guy. Let me tell you something, Ty. And and if you did the same thing, hey man, shout out to you. But I could have done it. I was actually at the LSU Alabama football game when he told us he left at halftime because he had to get his eight hours sleep so he could pitch against McNeese State the next day. I respected it, but I couldn't believe it when he said it, man. Oh, I'm guilty. I left too. Oh, <laughs> Ty. I, I had to pitch the next day too. I was like, all right. I, I, was there, I, I was there. I watched you guys. I know, I know these. I, I was there for the whole doubleheader. But man, I can't believe you guys left that game. It's Alabama LSU. And you've been Paul's at least new to the LSU culture. You're not, man. You know better than that. I know. I was like, I was frustrated because as soon as I walked out, all of a sudden I just hear I mean, what I was like, I was like. And I was thinking too much about it. I was like, all right, if I if I leave this game, I was like, if I stayed to the end of the game, because my roommate Jordan, my, most of them stayed and stuff. They didn't get back till two, I don't think. And I was like, yeah, we had to be at the field at like eight, uh, eight or nine or something. I was like, I was like, and now and now I think about, it, I was like, I didn't pitch till the second game. I could have definitely taken some little bit of energy drink or something. Yeah. I could have got myself going. I should have stayed. And Paul had to I, at least start the first game. You you yes. have less of an excuse. <laughs> oh, I guess the thing about Paul is he hit a hundred that game. So I guess the eight hours eight hours played out for him pretty well. Yeah, and and you know what? I'm actually gonna like we're gonna come we're gonna stay where we're at, but I'm gonna jump ahead for a second just because I was like I said I was at that game and I was texting my friends in real time because you said he hit a hundred. So his first pitch of the game is 95, and then he went up to 96. And every pitch was going up a mile an hour. And I texted my buddy at the time in which he had hit 99. I said, I think we're going to get to 110, like, because he's going up every every single pitch. I was like, we're, we're going to get there. But it, what's funny about the Alabama game is, Ty, I came down there for I'm – I'm a – I'm as big as football as I am baseball fan, but I never expect we never beat Alabama. So I actually I went to the game, but I'm down there more so for baseball than football. Little did I know I was going to get you know both. I was going to get a show for both. That was oh, and I got home and I turned on the TV. I was yelling at the TV the whole time. I mean, I was locked in, but I remember I do regret it. I I regret leaving that game more than anything. But my God, I remember what sitting at home and I was just screaming at the TV at whatever time it was. I, my friend, my roommates kind of rubbed it into me because they sent pictures of them on the field after the game. I was like, God, Jesus. I never. I, I actually didn't storm it. I actually sat there and videoed the people doing it. Like, I just kind of enjoyed watching it. And, you know, I'm pushing 39. I'm like, oh, man, it's not, it's more fun for you guys. But I was like, I was just recording and watching it. And it was just cooler to watch it from up top. And and so, you know, you see everybody post the pictures and everything. And it's like, man, yeah, I got to sit there. And I don't have to see a picture. I got to. I got to watch it, but, you know, before we continue on to LSU, going back to the high school, at what point do colleges start approaching you? I know you probably played uh, for travel ball and, and it wasn't just high school, but at what point do you start getting approached by colleges? So I got started getting approached my freshman year, but I was at 
Georgia Tech started recruiting me, but they started recruiting me as a hitter and a shortstop. So I played infield. I played uh, – I hit most of my – I always hit most of my life. And I wanted – I didn't even really like pitching until my sophomore year. I would say it was um, – yeah, sophomore year. It was actually – it was funny because I was trying out for his trial ball team out in Marietta called 643. And uh, the guy, his name was Ryan Sterling. He told me, he's like, Ty, don't worry. I'm not going to pitch you. only way I'm ever going to pitch you is if you hit 92. By God, my high school coach made me through, so <laughs> – I ended up doing it, and I ended up throwing a lot more, and I started getting a lot of recognition for it and stuff. And then uh, my junior years, when I actually started pitching, like, like I, I like to think I was starting to be more of a pitcher. I definitely wasn't a pitcher yet. I was still a thrower, but I learned how to throw a little bit better than previous years. And then that's when the looks really came in was the sophomore year and the junior year, and then I committed the fall of my junior year to LSU. So being from Georgia, and you talk about Georgia Tech, I assume that it probably wasn't just as simple as LSU. Um, I'm sure there's colleges that are closer in the area that maybe had your eye or maybe even, you know, maybe not close. Were there any other schools that you were considering other than LSU? Yeah, I mean, I um, I took a couple of visits, but I mean, I would say that I would say Georgia was the other one that was a big on the big on the list because they were such a such a hometown place and uh, had a lot of buddies going there that I already knew and stuff. So that was definitely the other the other place I was looking at the most for sure. Yeah. And so I was reading, you know, a quote from you that talked about how LSU, when you had went there, it just felt like home. And that seems to be unanimous. And, and me as somebody who's a fan and my family's from Louisiana. So when I go there, it, it, it is home and it feels like home. Um, you know, is that really ultimately why you chose there? Like you just go there and it just, if it all feels right. Yeah, so, like, it's funny because, I mean, I went on other visits to different places and stuff, and a lot of those universities are in the city and stuff, and I just really, like, Baton Rouge doesn't feel like the city at all. Like, I don't get that vibe from it. It's there's, I mean, when I stepped on campus, I got a, the whole Southern style feel. I got the whole Southern heat. I got the Southern mm-hmm. cooking. I got the whole thing. I got to see all the fan bases, and I got to see – I got to see it, the whole nine yards, and it was something that I was like, oh, this is awesome. Why would someone not want to come here and stuff? Mm-hmm. But I agree 100%. Like, that was one of the biggest things. It just felt so good to be here, and it felt a lot more a place I could really relate to at least. Yeah, I mean, I get it just from – so I've always been going there, and then once we started this show, like, you know, I, I started hanging out with Rodney Beloso <laughs> and George Cruz and – Joe has Joe Bear and all that. And like, it's like, man, and they just like, I'd only known those guys for, for a few weeks. And then next time, every time I come down there, I feel like I'm going to visit family because that's just the way the culture is there. It's just different. Oh, it's, it's, uh, you'd be amazed by how many new friends you can make in just a a day at LSU, especially at the baseball field. Absolutely. Georgia, Georgia, say it again. No, I was just going to say, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead and say what you're going to say about Georgia. Oh, shout out to Georgie. I was about to say, <laughs> Georgia's awesome. Uh, but you get to Baton Rouge, man, and it's always interesting. So some people are nervous. Some people are just more than excited. And some people are the latter in between. For you, what was it? A little bit of both, a little bit of everything. It was I would say, yeah, I got. I was a little timid my freshman year. It was something that I came in and stuff, and and I was trying to compete myself for a spot on the 
I knew I wasn't gonna be a starter. And we had a pretty loaded. We had, I mean, we had Landon, Jaden, and AJ as our starters that year. So I pretty much knew that I was gonna come out of the bullpen and stuff. But I had a hard time. Oh, I didn't have a hard time, but it just took me a little while to get adjusted to mm-hmm. living by myself and having to do everything by myself and having to really take care of myself. Like I didn't have anybody really to rely on except myself. I mean, I had my friends and stuff, but like that was something I had to learn how to adjust to. And, but when I got, but that freshman year was kind of up and down. I had a lot of goods and I had a lot of bads. So it's like that taught me into my sophomore years, the same thing. I had a lot of ups and I had a lot of downs. And that's, I mean, I feel like that's part of the process of being a college baseball player. You're going to have ups and you're going to have downs. And this year we're here. We'll see how it goes this year. Yeah, no doubt. So let's, let's jump into it, man. Freshman season, you had 20 relief appearances. Um, you know, most notably, I noticed the success against Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Alabama, just to name a few. Um, you know, what did you – it's always with freshman year, I always like to ask, what did you learn most personally, you know, about yourself and take away the most from that freshman season? I would say the biggest thing I learned was how to deal with so much failure. That was something that I had to deal with a lot. I mean, it seemed like every weekend I was giving up a walk-off homer. That's what I got out of it. Every, it seemed like that's what – I was just – I felt really defeated at times. Because in high school I didn't have to – worry about that because I mean mm-hmm. I mean we, I face some good baseball players but it's not like competing in the SEC where you're facing guys that are at the top of their game just as much as you are so that was something I, I there was times where I felt defeated at times where I got kids that mash home runs off of me and stuff but then like there's a bunch of highs out of it but then next thing you know you get humbled real quick and you get bad down the bottom and stuff but I'd say the biggest thing the freshman year was definitely the failure standpoint of it and knowing how to deal with it and learning how to deal with it and kind of do some self-reflection and that it teaches you a lot. And it's something I think every single player that plays baseball needs to learn how to deal with. And that's, if they want to be successful, that's something they're going to have to learn how to deal with. Yeah. And I feel like when I talk to all the best players, including yourself, like um, you don't dwell on the bad, but you're going to focus on the negative because you want to be the best player and you want to not make those mistakes. I always like one of my, my funniest stories was at Ole Miss, Jacob Gonzalez. I went and met up with him after the game, but he had hit two home runs in the game, but he was all down on himself. And he had two errors that game. And, yep. you know, Gonzalez doesn't believe in making errors. And so even though they won, even though he hit two home runs, all he could think about was, I can't ha- I can't be having errors. And so no yep. different than you talking about, you know, giving up the, the hits or the home runs. Like, that's kind of your focus. And like you said, you don't dwell on it, but, man, you got to think about it because those are things you want to clean up, you want to fine tune <laughs> and get rid of. I'm the same way. I think, I mean, like, I can have 12 strikeouts in a game, but if I give up a homer, I'm not going to dwell on it. I mean, I'm not happy about it either. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have gave up a homer or something like that. The key is you um, hope it's not like, because you, you said you feel like you're a game winner. Like, as long as it is, doesn't cost you the game and you still come out with a W, you can at least, you know, feel a little bit better. If, 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 if Yeah, if you, let, if you led to the losing outcome, then that changes the whole perspective. Uh, right? I don't care how many strikes I have <laughs> if I did that. So as a team, man, uh, y'all go up to Oregon, man, and uh, and this is the one time do I I do wish uh, my guy Daniel was here. We I was visiting him in Tampa during the regionals, and uh, we watched the whole series together, and uh, and man, it was cool, man, uh, just to watch y'all go into to Eugene and and play in a hostile atmosphere and be able to beat them in their house, man. Um, talk to me about what it was like being on a team. We're talking about, you know, your freshman year. This is all new. You're obviously a part of a prestigious program, but you go on the road, go up to Oregon, and you take care of business against them in their house. What was that like? Oh, it was awesome. I remember, I mean, 
I remember sitting on the plane for four hours, and we get up there, and next thing I know, I look, we land, I look around, I'm like, where, where are we? I mean, all I see is mountains. I've never seen anything like that. I've been, <laughs> I've been to the West Coast, but I've never been to that part of the West Coast. And I was like, we're in June, and it's it's pretty cold. I mean, I'm like, it's a little chilly and stuff. Because they thought, I didn't know, I, I really didn't bring a jacket like that. So mm-hmm. I get there, I'm a little chilly and stuff. But I ended up getting someone else's jacket. But that environment, that that whole weekend was crazy. It's like, it's like we go down first day against Gonzaga. I believe so. They had some crafty sidearm pitcher. I mean, he was – and he was good. I mean, I think he dominated his whole conference that year. But he came in and he, he shut us down, unfortunately. He – uh I don't know how many – he pitched a long time. But, I mean, bouncing back from it just shows the character this team, that team had. It was just like, all right, no matter what happens, like we're going to go out here and give it all. I think we ended up beating – I think it was Central Connecticut, I believe, mm-hmm. or something like that. And then we ended up beating them. Because, I mean, I remember – I think Dylan came up like – Dylan went crazy that game. The first like play of the game, whenever he hit, he hit a homer. That first hit at bat, like crushed. I'm in the I'm in the bullpen, all in the outfit. I'm just watching the ball go over the scoreboard or wherever it went. Like Jesus. Next thing I know, they score again. I'm like, oh god, let's not do this. Let's let's win a game. Let's not go two and done. Hit all the way back to right. But we ended up pulling that one out, and then I'm trying to think. We then we played Gonzaga, I believe, again. Yes, and then we pulled that one out. That was a crazy game. And then we finally got back to the old Oregon Ducks, and then we started playing them, and that was a crazy game. That was a uh, we could be that was a dogfight right there. I yeah, the first the, the first game was cool for me because uh, Fontenot was my boy. He was one of the first guys to ever come on the show, and so uh, to to see him close out that game got me fired up. And then when you know we we're going to the next game, I was like, oh, LSU's winning. Once once y'all got that first game from Oregon, I was like, it's happening. Like, oh, go yeah. ahead and lock it up. Oh yeah, we had a lot. Of, we had a lot of momentum going to that game because I know what we did. We like, we really didn't have any starting pitching at the time, and it was like something like where we were like gonna have to use just bullpen, bullpen day. Mm-hmm. Mayor Trent going, I'm Migo, and then Fowler went, and then I think Garrett went. I mean, we used probably five to six guys in that whole game and stuff. And it was just bits and pieces, and then we were going back and forth with the runs and stuff. And it was something I remember the last. I mean. We were just going at it with the people. There wasn't many people there, but I mean, there was many people there. But I mean, you can still hear what they were saying. But I mean, it was a crazy environment. I remember that last. He balked, right? He balked. Mm-hmm. He balked. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we were. Well, I couldn't <laughs> believe. It. I was sitting in the end of the dugout, like, oh my, you just lost a super reg- a regional to a ball. You, I, you, you, you were excited in real time, but I bet later, at some point later, man, you felt bad because you know you're a pitcher. You felt bad for that kid at some point. Oh my God! I couldn't imagine. That. Oh, couldn't imagine. And you know how fans are. You know how fans are too, man. You oh. know he was getting trashed because they. I mean, they could be unruly, especially if it costs you. You know, like you said, oh. postseason. Imagine an LSU baseball player losing a regional to a bulk. Tiger Rant's gonna mm-hmm. get on you, son. It, it's it's one of the things with with the especially with the SEC. You you love the passion, and with the good, you got to take the bad. And man, when things are going bad, like you better be you better be ready for the heat for sure. You got to be able to handle it. It's something that's unfortunately it's part of it. It's part of playing at least. You got to be able to deal with that kind of stuff. And I'm sure the Oregon has the same exact exact thing though. Everybody's got the fans, and everybody gets upset when something like that happens. And, and that's why I look, and I and I say this because we've had basically the whole Tennessee baseball team on, and I bring that up as we come into Super Regionals. I didn't – because of the way that their fan base trashed LSU after they beat y'all in Super Regionals, when they lost last year to Notre Dame, 
Like, even though I knew all those guys and, you know, I'm real, I'm real tight with Chase Dollander and Evan Russell. And I like, I didn't like seeing them lose, but on the flip side, watching them get a little get back for just how bad they dogged and, and were, and were running their mouths on us. It was like, you know, uh, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't too upset. And so with that, man, I, I'll tell you this, cause the Tennessee series obviously didn't get uh, go well, but cause you brought up Dylan a minute ago, um, Luke Lipsius came on, I don't know, about six, seven episodes ago. And he talked about that series. And he said they had a conversation literally in the dugout after he hit a second bomb. And they said, this kid doesn't belong in college baseball. Like, and I thought that was cool that another team was sitting there giving that much of the tip of the cap to a guy. And they're like, what is this? What is this dude even doing here? Oh, trust me. I remember it's funny because I remember we 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 landed in Tennessee. We go take BP on the field. Oh, right before the first game, I remember we were hitting BP on the field. I'm sitting. My God, there's so many people at the time there already and stuff. And I'm on the right. For some reason, they put me on the right field line. I'm just getting dogged. They're like, I, I had to put my pullover on so they didn't know what number <laughs> I was to keep them from dogging me. But I remember just watching Dylan take his first round of BP. I think he went 11. He had 11 homers and 12 mm-hmm. pitches. I was just sitting there watching the ball go to the center for a wall, just looking at him like, Jesus, my God. And everybody in the fan base, everybody there, that was they were just watching the ball. And I was like, oh, God, it's like he's going to be a good day for him. My, I was like, it's just impressive to watch, and it's something that – Well, have, man, you, have you ever met a guy like him? To, like when we had him on this episode or on this show, we had him right after his freshman year. And he refused to say anything good about himself, not one time. And then when we asked him, you know, because obviously he was rated as the 15th best MLB prospect, all he could talk about was how he needed to go to college and improve. And then he was talking about all he needed to do was improve off his freshman year. Have you, I like, is there a more humble guy? Like, I mean, the guy always feels like there needs to be improvement, which everybody has room for improvement, but like he, he can win SEC player of the year. He can win freshman year. It doesn't matter. He, all he can talk about is what he needs to improve. Oh yeah. It's something that's pretty great. And it's kind of, it's, it's pretty hard. It's you see it, but you don't see it at the same time. It's something that it's rare because usually people change in different environments, but I mean, I live with Dylan and stuff. I talk to him every day and you never, and he never comes out of character ever. Mm-hmm. It's something that he's, You'll never hear him be cocky or boastful about anything he's done. And he's got a lot to be proud of and stuff, but he's always thinking about working, going to hit more, trying to do something better. And that's the only thing he ever thinks about is just getting better. I think that just speaks to the character of, of him and also about why he's so good at this dang game. Yeah, no, I, I went to I went to dinner with all them, um, a lot of the dads and the players, and it was him and Joe Bear and the other guys. And when he walked into uh, Superior, they, like, started clapping. And you could tell, like – he didn't like it at all like like and then like and then people talk to him he, could, he doesn't really like want to be that guy and have all that glory yeah. he, he's he's just an interesting guy but this episode is about Ty Floyd I get on my Dylan Cruz rants because like I'm just <laughs> I'm excited but I'm just as equally excited for for all you guys and what's going to happen and and so let's talk about you know last year um you know Jay Johnson comes in obviously you're recruited by Maneri um What's that like, you know, transitioning, you know, for some guys, it's seamless. It's not a big deal, but for some, you know, the, when the coach that brought them in leaves, you know, it, you know, it kind of stings a little bit. How was it for you? Yeah, I just, I think the bigger thing is it just brings a lot of questions in the air. It's just uh, something that, of course you have to think about. It's like, all right, I'm about to play for a coach that didn't recruit me at all. Like never mm-hmm. talked to him and stuff. He may not like you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and it's like, 
something that's kind of sticks in the back of your head and stuff. And it's just like, all right, I got to come back in this next year. And I have to, I mean, you got to prove yourself every year, but you got to be able to, you're Brent, you're a freshman all over again in his eyes. Or that's the way I looked at it as it's like, I'm a freshman all over again. And I have to keep, I have to keep earning my stripes every single time I go out there and stuff. But first time I remember talking to him for the first time over the summer, I was in, uh, I think I was in Danville, Virginia playing uh, in summer ball and stuff. And he called me cause it was a couple of days after he got the job and stuff. And, we talked for a couple of minutes. He just talked to me about how excited he was to see me and stuff. And I mean, and what his plan on for this team was and where he saw me as a pitcher at the time. And it's, uh, I can't ask for anything better because ever since that day, it's been some, nothing but great things that's come out of this team. I've learned yeah. so much from them and I can't wait to even learn more this year. Yeah. It's, it's been an interesting dynamic because when you lose a legend, right? Like everybody has this immediate kind of negative vibe, right? Because, you know, yeah. we lost Paul, we lost Paul, but Jay has done nothing but come in and do great things. And every player we've had come on has just talked about how much they loved him. And so, you know, sometimes you got to give a guy a chance, right? You know, and we were just talking about fan bases would be tough on you, right? Like, but he's oh, had yeah. nothing but success. You know, obviously he had it at Arizona. And so for you, you know, you make 16 appearances, 10 uh, which were starts. You have recorded a five and four mark with a 3.77 ERA and 59.2 innings, 23 walks to 70 strikeouts. Um, you know, before we get into the team and individual games, you know, um, freshman season, you got your feet wet. Um, you know, maybe you didn't have a set of expectations, maybe you didn't. But coming into sophomore year, I feel like you probably had an idea of, you know, where you want to be, what you want to do. Where did you stack up as as far as your season as to what you expected or wanted to to do for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I would say my sophomore year, the bit one of the biggest goals I was, I wanted to be a starter. That was the biggest goal. Was like I wanted to be one of the dudes on the team that could go in and out and just uh, perform every single day. But also, I mean, I had my individual goals. I wanted to be a certain day guy or just like have a certain amount of wins or just whatever it was. Or, but usually what I do is I usually had like daily goals when I go out and pitch. I wanted to be successful with not walking this many people or just trying to just controlling what I can control or just trying try to do what I can do good. That's because it's easy to, I, I try to stay in the present a lot because I feel like it's at times if I get too ahead of myself, that's when I start getting lost in it, especially mm -hmm. for me. But I mean, of course you got to set long-term goals, what you want to end up doing in your life and what you're, if you want to make this game your career, but usually I like to keep one day at a time and stay in the present. Yeah, absolutely. And so you, you you mentioned the walks, you know, you had 23 walks to 70 strikeouts. Obviously, that's more walks than you want, but it's not just a tremendous amount like, you know. Um, so I feel like, you you know, you didn't do too bad in that area. And then you said you wanted to be a starter. And obviously, you started 10 games. So, you know, you got to that role and, and you had success. You had more wins than, than losses. Your ERI wasn't too high. So, I mean, I felt like you did you did pretty good for what it was you were looking to accomplish. Uh, you had strong yeah. appearances against Vandy, Bama, um, Ole Miss, uh, even though that was a relief. And then you got to start uh, game two of the Hattiesburg Regional, which I was actually there to watch you pitch. Yeah. Um, but let's let's start. Um, what was your, you know, of all your starts, what was your favorite one? And and if it was if it was Vandy, I get it because y'all beat the mess out of them. <laughs> That's a it's hard to say because it's like something that I would I'm I'm gonna say Vandy because it was probably my six, most successful outing I had all year, but it's hard to beat that Hattiesburg outing. That was, I mean, and I didn't even pitch my best at all. It was just that game and like the much, how much excitement came from it. I mean, 
we're the home team in Hattiesburg. And I remember stepping out on the mound. There's just guys dogging me. I'm in the outfield. Throw. I've never been yelled at like that in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to all these cool places and stuff, and I've seen all these SEC schools that have 10 times the amount of people for the fan bases, but these people were ruthless on getting at me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just – I mean, I remember just getting at it with each other. Like, the whole team, we were loving it. Step on the mound, have a really good first inning, I could just hear the fans going crazy and stuff. Just that feeling and that excitement that came from it. That's probably the – Probably the game I got the most excited about, and I felt so honestly there was, I felt so good about. That was the only game that really made me feel that kind of way. I mean, it's a regional too, so it's like right. Yeah, affect that environment. Well, well, the Vandy thing was cool because I was actually in Baton Rouge for the sweep uh, of Ole Miss over you guys, and what I loved was hearing the guys talking about we just got to focus on next week, and then y'all go into Vandy the next week, and it was almost like the Ole Miss thing didn't happen. Y'all just beat the tar out of Vandy. Like you said, you pitched well. Y'all teed off so many runs. Like the Whistler had nothing to whistle over that weekend, um, and so so that was cool. And then as far as Hattiesburg, man, I got to tell you, though, Ty, like it might be cool from a player experience. Like, all right, so you can't get regular tickets because, like, three-fourths of the the seating is GA, and then it's bleachers, and you're jammed in, and you know how hot it was. You were there. It was freaking hot. You're jammed in. So I ended up, man, I ended up not sitting down at, at any point in any game. I ended up standing over by the fence, and it was a mediocre view. Um, so I watched your pitch, but it probably wasn't my favorite, my favorite view to watch from. But like I couldn't be stuffed in there in a hundred plus degree heat with a whole bunch of you know Southern Miss fans. So I was like, man, get get me out of there. So I'm not a fan of Hattiesburg until they expand the seating, give me an option to actually oh. buy something other than GA. <laughs> oh no, it was I could tell I there's no way I could be in that stands right there with that many people and how hot it was. I know, I know my dad was so far away from that. He was probably watching the Omens falling in the outfield somewhere. He probably was getting away. He cannot stand being around that many people in that kind of hot weather. I can't blame him. I'm the same way. That's too hot for me. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, I thought, um, you know, Eric Reisman came on here and said it best, uh, you know, because it's it sounds sour to say when you're on the losing end, but – we were in agreement. Any any guy I've had on here, even people who aren't LSU guys, felt like LSU was the better team. And he said it best that y'all just simply let it slip away, which is an easy way to just say it. But like, I mean, do you feel the same way? Because like, I mean, when when you look at it, I mean, y'all the ball, you know, was in y'all's court. Y'all had y'all had the upper hand, and man, just couldn't close the thing out. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that one. It was something that and. Coach Jay does a great job of explaining this. He says it's like there's teams that are loaded and there's teams that aren't loaded, but it's not about who's the best team. It's the team who plays the best that day. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that w- and they were it. They, their pitching staff, I mean, we hit pretty well. And I think I think I will take some of the blame for the pitching staff. Like we, we didn't execute as well as that we should have, I feel like, because the previous weeks we did really well. And that was the one week we didn't really pitch the best we could and stuff. But – we did. We let it slip away. We had it. After Gavin hit that nuke, I was like, oh, we got this right there. Mm-hmm. And I just – I felt like – and also, my God, they kept on bringing these lefties in. I felt like, God. Mm-hmm. Seen, I swear, I, was, I thought they had unlimited amount of lefties and stuff. But <laughs> that was – it was a heartbreaking feeling and stuff. But, I mean, we did. We let it slip away, that's for sure. 
and, and we had the old miss we had uh, a lot of the old miss guys on they even even though uh you know they knew the possibility that y'all were ready to get that get back from what happened in bad Rouge, um most people think that you know because southern miss is in mississippi old miss wanted that they wanted lsu like not in a bragging with like they were looking forward to uh, a possible showdown with lsu and, and eric had said the same thing like L- old miss lsu want them to go to omaha like that I think that's what everybody wanted, and so then just to see the way the Ole Miss teed off on Southern Miss and it wasn't even competitive, you know that wouldn't have happened with LSU. So that was kind of a little bit of salt in the wound for whether you're a player or a fan because I, I just feel like LSU would uh, even even if they came up short, it wouldn't have went the way that series did. But super is regional it is. With it. super regional with LSU versus Ole Miss, it's a little Man. bit of a everybody. LSU's a little bit of a hey that sour taste in their mouth. Though mm-hmm. I don't imagine the amount of people that are there. And the amount of comeback we wanted on them, that's for sure. But hey, we're gonna we're gonna get it back this year because we fi- oh, we yeah. fixing it. We fixing to jump into it right now. You know, Ty, one of the advantages for you as a pitcher on LSU is, you know, you practice and scrimmage against the best lineup in America. So man, there is no better practice than what you get to do on a day to day basis to prepare you for the regular season. Um, so everybody knows Dylan Cruz. We talked about it. Everybody knows Tommy White. So. Outside of those guys, you know, for for those who are listening who want to know more about LSU, who maybe don't get to go down to the games like like I've gotten to do, tell us about some of the other bats they should look for, and then give me the sleeper guy that nobody talks about. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, there's a bunch of really good hitters on. The I mean, team. hey, rat, rattle rattle them off. Hey, I, I want to hear. It. Let's go. Oh gosh, I mean. Paxton Clean, really good bat. I mean, he's freshman that – he's one of the guys I swear I couldn't get him out this fall. I mean, Jared Jones, been mashing baseballs, absolutely crushing them. I mean, Brady Neal, he's doing really well. And I would say – trying to think of some other guys that are doing well. I mean, all of them are doing pretty well. I mean, Gavin Gidger, he's going to be good. Who else? I'm trying to think of some guys. I mean, I'm half the time all, I'm always with the pitchers and stuff, but I'm trying to think of some Yeah. But – Big sleeper, I would probably say Jared. Jared has been – he's been on a little bit of a pretty pretty good hot streak here the past couple – I mean, shoot, he was hot in the fall, but he's been – he's staying just as hot right now. So, out of, out of the returning guys, like uh, the Joe, Joe Bears, Dugas's, the Thompsons of the world, who, who, who's going to who's gonna be that guy? Who's, who's going to, like, just take it next level this year? Who are you putting your money on? Oh, God. Putting you on the spot, but we asked all you guys these questions. I got to be careful with this one. I got Joe Bear and Jordan are both my roommates. I would, I'm going to say Jordan because I feel like Jordan is like this is a good year for him. I think Mm -hmm. that he's been, and both Jordan and Braden and Dylan, they all work just as hard as each other. They're always with each other hitting stuff. But I think this is going to be Jordan's really big year. I think he's got, I feel like last year he kind of, uh, I felt he didn't feel he didn't have as good a season I think as he wanted to have after a lot of people didn't know he had surgery and stuff so he kind of got beat down a little bit by, got beat down a little bit by a lot of people with uh hey, with he the, got, uh, he gave me one of my favorite moments of the season I was I was at the Shriners Classic in Minimade that home run whoo the walk off that's like eight weeks post op of surgery like a knee surgery it's like look that, I know I know he's got some power but I mean he man oh. he teed off on that thing. Uh, on that ball launched, I mean, I was sitting right behind – I was standing right beside Coach Johnson in the dugout, and, like, we, he was talking about a situation or something. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't about even Jordan hitting. 
Next thing I know, he just I will get the ball and the ball is launched. And Jordan just does that bat flip and stuff. And mm-hmm. Jordan just what turns his head, looks straight down the at the foul line, just starts walking. All of us are screaming, running out of the dugout and stuff. And I was like, and I look after we get home and stuff because Jordan was my uh, roommate on away trips. I looked at him, I was like. I didn't know you had pop like that. Like, Dang, son, you launched that baseball. I was like, hey, I got a little bit like that. Yeah, it was it was kind of funny because, you know, on the weekend, you know, we sit here and talk about Dylan, and and I, I was sitting with George, so I messed with him a couple times. Dylan made it to the warning track a couple times, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, Jordan just absolutely smashes one. And so, you know, and that's something I didn't even ask you about, man. What was it, what was it like playing in a, in a big league park like Minute Maid for you, for you? Oh, God, Jesus. That was a – Ah, it was pretty exhilarating, I would say. It was the next thing I know, I look up. I'm a little nervous. I can't lie about it. My God, there's 25,000 fans just screaming and yelling at you. But LSU and Texas fans brought it. LSU and Texas fans were deep. My God, I couldn't look. I mean, when they started playing Colin Baton Rouge or whatever, my gosh. I remember just hearing the whole – I felt like the place was shaking. I look up and, like, there's 25,000 people, and I look behind them like, there's still empty seats in this place. I'm like, oh, I can only imagine. But, I mean, LSU showed up for 25, however many they had and stuff. But that was a pretty crazy environment to play in and stuff. And I'm glad I got to pitch in it, that's for sure. And now it makes it a lot easier to pitch in that crowd now. Yeah, that was absolutely – I have – now you usually don't have any regrets about going anywhere, but to start the season going there, um, man, I, I loved it. I enjoyed the show, and I and I watched the other teams too. Even though uh, everybody was like, "Man, hey, come hang out," and I'm like, "Nah, man, I'm gonna stay and watch this team play and everything." So I was trying to scout up everybody, but you know, let's talk about uh, on the pitching side. There's a guy I want to ask right out the gate, man. So many, so many people have asked. Uh, you obviously see the stats and everything, and see the success, but. I want to start with Chase Shores, man. Just tell me what you've seen from him. Oof. Nothing but great things, that's for sure. He's got a he's got a pretty tremendous arm, if I had to say so myself. I mean, I remember looking in the dugout the other day, looking at – I forgot who I was talking to. We were like, why is this guy here? <laughs> we're looking at him like, you just hit 100 as a freshman. You're just right. striking everybody out. You're throwing – he's got crazy numbers on his fastball, just, just doing crazy things, and we're like, he's bringing that appearance on there like he's a senior and stuff. And it's just like, that's just the next level. And he's got, he's going to do good things and stuff. He's next level when it comes to pitching and stuff. And he never ceases to amaze me. That's for sure. Hey, that's what we like to hear. My my next, my next question is I need, I need that insider information. Everybody wants to know, man, how's that Riley Cooper knuckleball coming along? (laughs) Oh, it's coming. Hey, don't be don't don't be surprised when you see a little bit of a sixty eight or sixty nine on the scoreboard and you don't know what it is. Next thing you know, the guy's gonna be walking back to the dugout, be all confused and stuff. It is sick. I will say he'll come up to me. We'll just be tossing in the outfield like during like or like during they're taking BP and stuff, and he'll just say, and I'll be at the bucket and he'll throw it to me. And like, I, it looks like the ball's about it. I'm about to throw the ball and he hits it. It looks like he's about to hit me right in the face. It just moves so much. And he's just laughing at me the whole time while I drop the ball around the ground. I'm like, do you not realize how dirty that pitch is for you? It doesn't move. <laughs> like the the knuckles, you can you can never see the same. It's the craziest thing. That's that's what's up. Yeah, when they when they did that, uh, there were so many people talking, and they're like, man, if he gets it down there, it's funny. I brought up Eric Resman earlier. He said, man, if he has that to his arsenal, he's unhittable. <laughs> oh my god, he's already got. It seems like he's like, uh, seems like he got every pitch they make. Seems like he, and even if you tell him a new pitch, he can perfect it. It seems like that day. 
And so, you know, I asked you this about the hitters. Who's the who's the pitcher that maybe is flying onto the radar right now that nobody's talking about, but they're going to know their name soon enough? That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, shoot, I feel like everybody's on the radar. I'm trying to think of some guys. I actually feel like, no, you, you say that, but you know what? I love where LSU's at with their pitching because the pitching is so phenomenal and nobody's talking about you guys because they're too busy talking about the batting lineup. And and the nation's going to know soon enough that we got both. And, and I yeah. can't wait for it because, yeah, because all, all they can do is spend time talking about that batting lineup. And it's like, man, we got dudes on dudes in that pitching staff. I got one. Yeah, I got one. I would say that Garrett Edwards is going to be the guy that, not a lot of people will see coming in dominating. He uh, he didn't get to pitch much very last year. and But, I mean, his past couple of outings, the past two weeks, two, three weeks, has been absolutely dominant. He's got his velo up a little bit, throwing some really good breaking balls and honestly been doing really well against our hitters. And If you can do well against our hitters, you know you're pretty good at this game. Yeah, and that's what I was saying, man. I, I think there is no better – I mean, you're going to be prepared for anybody you face coming into this season because of the lineup you'll face. I, I mean, you just can't underrate the value of what LSU baseball is getting, whether you're the hitters facing the pitchers or the pitchers facing the hitters. So, but, man, I'm going to let you off the hot seat when it comes to baseball, man. I, lo- I look forward to uh, – I look forward to everything. I got I got my, my tickets already for – Arkansas, Tennessee, and then Mississippi State. And then I told George and the boys I'm going to try to make it for Sanford, especially with it being military appreciation uh, weekend. I want to be there for that. So at minimal, I think I'm going to be there for four. And then I already know y'all going to postseason. It's happening. Wherever y'all go postseason, I always am. I'd, I'd like to get there. There's oh I'll and I'll watch y'all at uh I'll watch y'all in Oxford because like I said I'm yeah, no, I'm watching I, I live 40 minutes from Oxford that's why uh most people are like you're an LSU fan but you go to so many Mississippi State and Ole Miss games well I mean there's just uh, right down know, the road right so and that's why you know I'd rather watch y'all at home but it ain't a bad thing when y'all come to Mississippi like like last okay. year I love Mississippi State and hey I, I got one more Dylan Cruz story for you to make you laugh. My son is a Mississippi State fan. He's 10 years old, loves Mississippi State, um, take him to so many games. He's gotten to know the players. And so um, I'm out there meeting you guys at, at the buses, and I'm standing there talking. Uh, I'm with I'm with Rodney Beloso and George Cruz, and we're sitting there with Cade, and, and Dylan comes out. And uh, Dylan goes to give my son a fist bump, man. And, and he's very aware that Dylan hit the home run that gave you all the go-ahead that Friday night. And he withdraws his hand and looks at him and says, Hail State. And I don't think I've ever been disappointed in my son in my life until right then. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, if Dylan Cruz. And so I told all the, the Mississippi State uh, guys that because I went when I got done meeting at the buses, I went over there and met with Cameron James and Logan Tanner and them. And I said, you won't believe what my son just did. And they were like, they told him, like, you're a dog for life. And I was like, y'all can have him, man. As a matter of fact, somebody <laughs> give him a ride home. He ain't coming with me. That's awesome. Hey, he's a, hey, he's got that maroon in him. That's for sure. Yeah, well, he and he was in Omaha in 2021 for the whole 11 days. Got to be a part of the whole ride. I told you, when we sat behind home plate, you know, he got to be in. He got to go in their hotel rooms, like, and so as if he wasn't already a state fan. When you experience a national championship and go through the whole ride of Omaha, he's probably there's no coming. There's no coming back. I I don't think I'm ever gonna get him in the purple and gold. It's not happening. Hey, and I I honestly can't blame him. He he experienced all that at a young age and getting to experience that good of a team 
I don't think you're going to see him in very much purple and gold. <laughs> no doubt. But I, I'm just I'm just grateful that he's a fan of the game. He likes going to the games with me. He goes to all the ballparks. He'll be with me at the college baseball showdown, and uh, that's where we're starting our season. So, but let's go ahead and play a game, man. We play a game called This or That with every guest uh, we have. It's uh, it's pretty simple. Give you two options. Uh, you pick one or the other. Can't say neither. Can't say both. You down to play? All right, let's do it. All right, man. This one could be an easy question. Might be a hard question, man. What's better, the food in Georgia or the food in Louisiana? Grandmother owns a restaurant in Georgia, so I'm going to say Georgia. Always a smart answer, man. God, if you got fam that you got to gotta shout out, you got to go that way. But oh, yeah. food is better in Louisiana than anywhere else, so I have to disagree. But it's all good. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm all for it. That's fine. You got to have your state passion. Does Grandma use some of that uh the hot rods uh rub on, on her food? That's that's the question. I know you know what I'm talking about hot rods. Got the ooh that season is good. I haven't showed it to her yet, but I know one thing. I got to after that. I remember uh I got the whole pantry full of it right now. All hot rod creoles all in the pantry right now. I need to give her something to let her try it out. There you go. All right, so no pressure. Uh, you know I've asked you enough questions about your teammates. It's the only one I got for you. As a, as a pitcher watching them, you know, who has better home runs, Tommy White or Dylan Cruz? Mm, that's a good one. I'm going to say Dylan because I've seen Dylan hit a lot more than Tommy. Can't go wrong with the answer, and I got no dispute. Um, all right, man, are you a beach guy or are you a late guy? I'm a late guy, 100%. I, I like you. wake surfing. There you go. I heard that. All right, what do you look forward to more, hosting Tennessee or hosting Arkansas? Oh, Tennessee for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I, I love it that you got both those down at the box this year. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to be so electric for oh, both of those. It's going to be crazy. All right, so this is, a, this is a good one, man. We love getting this one. If you could go, you can only do one of these two things. You can go to any concert, bucket list concert, or you can go to any sporting event, bucket list uh, sporting event. Which one are you choosing? Oh God! You said so. Ask you it go again. To any concert ever? Like it, it could even be a past concert, it could be a future concert, it could be whatever artist you want, wherever you want. Uh, if you want, if you if you want to go out to you know Red Rocks and watch the concert, or you know sporting event, it could be anywhere in the world. Like which one are you choosing? Oh wow, that's a good one. That, that's hard. Since I'm such a big fan of country music, I would gonna have to say I would like to go to a concert around rocks or red rocks, I'm sorry. And and all right, who's playing? Give it like you get you can line up a couple artists. Who are they? All right, all right. Uh Dream, I would say of course I gotta say Todd Childers, one of my favorite artists ever. Um wouldn't mind having a little bit of George oh the King of Country, a little George Strait. I think that's gonna be rare to see. But so that'd be a big one. If I had to name one one more, it's a hard one. I'm gonna go with Morgan Wallen because he's got a lot of good songs lately. He's gonna, and I, I mean, his country is a little bit different than others, but I still like it. So I would say him. If you you get a three, a little bit of different types of country and all three of those kind of guys. So I think that's a good mix. You know, earlier we were talking about in regards to being able to appreciate things. And and I'll tell you, because you, you brought up George Strait, and I wasn't able to appreciate it as much. Uh, when I was 10 years old, my parents took me to uh, a George Strait Music Festival in Nashville. 
And the artists at that at that um, festival were Kenny Chesney, Tim McGraw, Dixie Chicks, Leanne Womack, Alan Jackson. Like it was all the best artists. And like at that time, like, you know, I didn't even really like I was decently in the country, didn't appreciate it as much. You know, I've went and seen I went and saw Kenny Chesney like seven times after, like at some point, but like at the time I didn't know who he was yeah. or anything. And so it, it's crazy. Talk about a pretty I have no idea at the time that I'm going to see like all these country legends. Like so oh, yeah. That's that's insane. That's you got to see a pretty good bunch right there. What I was more focused on was like the eight to one girl to guy ratio as like as a 10 year old. That's when I first started liking girls. So I was, I was more focused on all these girls in cowboy looking hats. Around. Looking, <laughs> looking around. All right. So this one, uh, as a pitcher, man, would you rather strike someone out with a fastball or off speed? Fastball, for sure. Yeah, I, that's always been the answer, man. It's always blowing a bomb. No one ever says the off speed. Um, all right. This one's this one's our new interesting question we added to the season. Is no there's no good answer, but you gotta answer it. Would you rather be attacked by a tiger or a grizzly bear? Oh, oh god, I don't know. Probably a tiger. I, I don't want nothing to do with a grizzly bear. <laughs> There, there, like I said, there's no good answer. The way we determine this is, as the host, we decided we actually said grizzly bear because you, you know, as an LSU guy, and and if you've seen the hype videos, you know, the the tigers are nocturnal. You know, don't sleep at night. Anything that can that can prowl and, and and hunt me at night, I'm more scared of. And then and That's... then, you know, a bear sleeps 25 percent of the year. It's kind of lazy, you know. But Christian Scott came on here and said he could outrun a bear, and then I looked up immediately after the episode. They run no thirty-five miles. They run thirty-five oh, no miles an hour. Not happening. Oh no, shot. Hey, I will say you thought a lot more about this one than I did. I didn't think about that. I forgot tigers and they prowl all night and stuff, and they wait for their food. That's a good one. That's a hard one though. That's a yeah. There's no good answer though. They both. No, you're not gonna. You're, you're gonna lose one. both. You're gonna lose no, both. You're yeah. All right, so this is the last one. This is the hard question. It's really, it's, it's really going to test you, man. Would you rather betray your best friend or be jailed for a crime that you didn't commit? And I'm just going to go ahead and say, because the first question that always comes off is how long? So let's say five years. So five years in jail for a crime you didn't commit or betray your best friend? Oh, God. What kind of betrayal, though? I mean, like, what did I do? That's what I, I mean, know you got to you got to stab the knife in the back, man. Like, oh, you got to do whatever it does to keep you out of, from behind bars. I'm gonna say jail. I'm gonna say jail because I got some really good friends, and I would hate to do that to them and stuff. But well, then, you there you have it. There you there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Before I answer it, uh, you're the first one that's not gonna betray your friend, man. Hey, so shout out to Ty Floyd for being for being a good guy. I'm. Look, when we're we're normally both on here, we both talk about me and Daniel. We are putting the knife in each other's back. We stab it, turn it deep, and like I'm not going to jail. He told me he's so scared of jail. He said I'm not even doing a weekend in jail for you, let alone five years. Like so, my man said, "There's if there's something I know that I'm not going to be good at." He said it's going to be prison, so I'm not going. <laughs> I think I would actually fare okay, but I don't want to find out. <laughs> But uh, man, that 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 puts you off the hot seat, man. Do you have anything you want to plug or promote before you jump off here? I don't think so. I appreciate you having me and stuff. I enjoyed every second of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. If y'all want to find out more about Ty Floyd, you can jump on over to Instagram and just type in Ty Floyd and add an extra D on there. Or, man, if you want to watch him on the diamond, watch the rest of the LSU baseball team, you go over to LSU Baseball on Instagram. Ty, man, it's been a great episode, and we appreciate having you. Yes, sir. I really appreciate y'all having me and stuff. Had a great time. Guys, another great episode, another great story. I want to thank Ty Floyd for joining us. If you like Ty's story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, like, hearts, love, all that. We'll take it all. We want it all. We want all the smoke as long as it's positive. All that negative stuff, you can you can save that and take it somewhere else. But we'll see everybody next week. We got episode 10 coming at you. We're going to talk Arkansas baseball with Brady Slavens. This has been the End Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.